Right back to Tangent. I'm Adam, and I'm joined by the maestro. <laughs> I have uh, Joel here as my usual co-host, and joining us today is uh, Michael McRae. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, coming into the bar, hanging out with us. Oh, I had nothing to do on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I really didn't. Yeah, so. really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't do anything on Friday nights. No? So. Now, uh, the, the thing you're working on right now, it's uh, Fishbowl California. That's, that's, that's pretty much, is that consuming your life at this point? Yeah. Um, it's... It's actually hospitalized me twice. No, uh, <laughs> no, it's, I wouldn't believe that. No, uh, no, uh, yeah. So I'm. Pre- it's a. It's a. It's a kind of, kind of coming of age story about this guy who's pushing his mid thirties and he meets this older lady. They kind of become the family that they didn't have for one another, mm-hmm. more or less. But yeah, it's a, it's a comedy drama, and I've been been focused on it for. I mean, we wrote uh, my writers and I. We wrote this. Um, early 2016 so i've been on this for almost two years wow <laughs> like it's it's crazy how long like one film takes from mm-hmm. start to finish and we're mm-hmm. not even close to being done yet this is kind of just the beginning you know yeah so it's supposed to come out in 2018 at some point yeah spring of 2018 yeah wow. you've premiered it a couple places though chicago or? uh we've had a casting crew screening a couple times okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So the, you you are the uh, the writer and the director of this. Yeah, one of the writers and then the director. Yeah. Okay, but you you also do acting as well. I did. I do. I, I sometimes do. It's like a weird thing. I don't know. I mean, you know, Joel, you act, so you get it. But um, it's like a, it's like when things come up, like I'll go audition for it. But you know, I'm not studying currently, so you know. Okay. So is directing something that you always wanted to do, or how, how did directing come into the picture here? So. Uh, so back in like 2014, um, I wrote a pilot. Um, it was it was produced, and we we had pitched it to Amazon and a couple other places. Um, it, it was a good, it was a good it was a good pilot, and uh, I wanted to direct the pilot. And I was told I didn't have enough experience directing at the time. Okay. Um, and so, as a writer, I felt like I think writers make probably the the best and worst directors at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, so after that, I decided I wanted to, you know, try directing. So I wrote a short film, this little drama, a ten-minute short film, and directed that, and um, it turned out all right. It did okay. And um, um, then I said I wanted to do something much bigger, and then I jumped into a feature film, Fishable California, and I, you know, and I just loved every aspect of directing. Uh, it's so stressful, but at the same time, it's it's like it's a rush. I mean, like. To be behind the monitor and, and, and to walk up and oh, say exactly you know, what's in your head, <laughs> yeah. but try to explain it so people understand you. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a thrill. Yeah. Well, how, how did you even get into the getting into a motion picture with the? I mean, you got some decent star power in this. Yeah, yeah, no. So we got real lucky. So I mean, so we wrote the movie and we decided we wanted to. Let's, we, won't, we started with our lead actor. And we we posted a breakdown, and we weren't sure who we were going to get. And I think we got like six or seven hundred submissions for the lead character. Wow. 
And going through six or seven hundred submissions, like I got through like the fourth page, and I was like, "Oh, this is <laughs> like this is exhausting." So I I found like eight people I wanted, you know, I wanted to read, uh, wanted to have read rather, and um, um, I sent them all the sides, and this, you know, we had, you know, and I set a deadline, and said, you know, I want tapes back by the end of, end of the day Wednesday, and so they sent the first seven people sent tapes. And we found one guy that was most likely who we were going to cast. We thought this guy was pretty funny. Right. Um, and then <laughs> um, our lead actor Steve Olson, who we you know later cast, mm. he sends in his tape like like it's the second before the deadline. Huh. And he he literally was Rodney is Rodney in the front in the movie. And he sent in the tape, and I called my co-writer Wyatt, and I was like, dude, we found him. Like this is this is the guy. Like he's this guy's incredible uh, so why watch he's like oh, all right i'm at the gym i'll watch it so i sent him the link i called him 30 seconds later like, dude did you see he's like dude i'm watching at the gym calm down i was like dude he, he's perfect and he's like i'm gonna call you back in two minutes he called me back in two minutes he's like yeah this this is the guy so right. um so it was between him it was steve and one other actor and um ironically so steve was so i we threw so many pages at, at at the actors that he was so off script like it was but he made it work he improv okay. improv more than we would Beautiful. have liked to have seen um, so we said okay let's send the other guy and Steve um, a different scene a more serious scene and you know we'll give them notes you know separately okay. based on you know their first tape so uh, the first actor Jonathan I said alright you know gave him gave him his notes and then to Steve was like dude you're hilarious but stick to the fucking script. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, Steve actually sends back a phenomenal second tape on a different scene, uh, on, on more of you know the heart, the heart strings of the right. movie. And uh, Jonathan um, uh, sent back his tape, and we just felt that Steve was a better part. But we, you know, ultimately kept Jonathan for a different scene. We wrote him a, wrote oh, him nice. a small part because he was we thought he was so funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, we got it was just crazy. Like you know. The casting process, and that's just one actor. Yeah. Then you have to go through, and then, you know. But oh. Steve's been been with the film, I think, since October of last year. So you know, he and I've known each other for about a year now, and and, and you know, he helped you know get the, some of the cameos we have in the movie, and um, you know, on the phone with me almost daily. It's it's, it's incredible. Right. So many questions. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as being on the other side of the, I guess, camera at this point, or you. He had been in acting before. You'd done. You'd been to auditions, I assume. Now being on the other side of that, where you are now deciding whether or not they get the part. What, what, how was? How did that? Make you, yeah, it's just the struggle inside of it. I I understand certain things as a director that actors don't understand when they're in the audition room. Okay. You know, I just like I read for some. I read for a Disney show. Um, my manager calls me and she's like, "They called you back specifically. They didn't put a breakdown out. It's like you and five other people. Like you can, like you've got a good chance to get a twenty percent chance of booking this. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't book it. And I was like, why? Why? I was perfect for this. I was why? You know, but it, you never know. It could be your hair color. It can be the way mm-hmm. you sound. It could be the way you dress. It could be Joe Blow is, is best friends with the, with the producer. Like you don't know that. Like, right. you don't know. Yeah, the director's nephew just got into acting and needs a gig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a sad card. I mean, who knows? Get your stepmom off your back, type of thing. Like, yeah, just keep him busy. Keep him busy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but 
but as an as a director, you try to really be as, as unbiased as possible. You try to really go, you know, you know, you have to shut out any personal feelings you may have or any, you know, um, judgments. I guess you would say, like, okay. like I. It frustrated, it frustrated me as a director to go through some of these actors' resumes and go, oh, my God, this is so unprofessional. Like, why would you put this on your resume? Or why, why, would, you, why would you do that? But I'm sure I did this as, as an actor. Star. So I, I can see the frustration from some casting directors. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to give these, you know, everybody a fair shot and read, you know, just focus on their audition. And, you know, at the end of the day, nothing else mattered. But, um but yeah, there was a lot of frustration behind <laughs> behind casting. It's it, it's you know it's such a it's such a tedious process as you guys can probably oh, imagine. Oh uh, yes, yeah. I mean you said you had four hundred submissions or something crazy. Six hundred, six hundred Rodney, and then oh three hundred on, on on June. We had not as many because it was an older role. Okay. But the biggest the biggest frustration I got was I'm looking for something very specific. 60s to 70s Jane Fonda type. Okay. You know, Caucasian. Yeah. I shit you not, I got Asian men submitting. <laughs> Asian men submitting. Whoa. I don't wow. know it. I don't know if they, you know. Read it? Oh, actually, we, we, we put any ethnicity. So maybe they just saw the word any ethnicity thinking it was any gender or any age. Right. So, uh, well, this day and age, I mean, you can, but you can be, be anybody you want. You can be anybody you want. A, you can identify as whoever you want right. to be. Yeah, I'm not, that's a whole other book. I'm not even getting into that. Um, but, you know, for, for casting, it's like, you know, you know. You have to identify with what's in the breakdown. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you can't, you can't identify with what's in your head or what you want to be. Yeah. So, um, how people, other people it's perceive. It's state of mind. It's, uh... Only person that gets away with that is Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, probably Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the only, the only one, one that gets a pass. Yeah. Yeah. You got a pass. Robin Williams? Um, people. Robin Williams? What was Delphire? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Uh, no. I, I was talking more of a of a race thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. What do you mean, you people? What do you <laughs> mean, you people? <laughs> great, great movie. Uh, but but it was, it was it was so funny, like seeing like you know weeding out. I'm like, well, you know, this guy's not this guy's in the wrong. I mean, who knows why they submitted that game? But you see, like the. I don't even want to call it desperation because, like, that's not what it's intended to be. But you, you, it, it comes off as that, you know. So I, yeah. I, I see that now, and so, so I've been lucky to like, if I ever go audition, you know, when I used to audition, like, I used to kind of be chummy with the people. But now I've learned, you know, just get in, get out, thank them for the time. Yeah. Bolt like you've got something else to do, and it looks better, honestly. It looks more professional, you know. Well, I've seen something kind of like that on a, on a much smaller scale. Uh, when when I'm trying to like find interns or people to come work for the production company here, that I'll, I'll put a posting and this is what I need, and then at the bottom of the post I'll say, by the way, answer this question when, in your response. And out of maybe 20 submissions, maybe two people actually read the entire thing versus they just they're just shotgunning resumes out and just uh, oh a position here's my resume without any kind of not actually reading everything that needs to come so maybe in the breakdown they didn't get to the part where it said a Caucasian female and it was like oh opening yeah. resume and it's just it's, it's disheartening to be like oh, okay I'm asking for something specific I do, I, I've done the same thing before I, I've I've, pr- I've probably done the same thing. Yeah, I, I get it. But no, I, I understand why you would do that, or and how it is beneficial. But yeah. from the receiving end, it's just kind of like. Uh. But think about it this way: you remember them now. 
<laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I, don't. I, I mean, honestly, I, I honestly forgot until you brought up the process. I was like, oh yeah, so we have you know this, this, and this happened. But yeah. Um, again, but that goes back to my point. Like I didn't. I, I don't take that. Like I don't. You know. I don't take that personally against him, so like I won't be like, oh, I'm never gonna audition him again. Like that's not oh, right. like you know, if he's right, like if like, like my philosophy is, if you're right for the part, you're right for the part. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Like I don't, like, I mean, I, I've I cast um, two friends in this film who both uh, help produce it and they help bring talent into the film. Okay. But I really don't like giving parts away because it it. Just you know, I, I hate doing that, but I did. Yeah. I did two roles in this, but you know, my next one I want to audition everybody. Um, yeah, is that set a, a dangerous precedent for anybody that is close to you? Like, hey, so yeah, uh, I need my side card now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've, got, I've gotten a lot of messages after after this movie. Like, the next one, here's my, uh, yeah. my resume. So I have a question about that too, because Adam, you mentioned you know you have some star power in this, uh, familiar faces. We see someone that we recognize from The Office, yes, uh, from Thirty Steve. Rock, Suri, uh, yeah. the actress that played yeah. that character. Yeah, Katrina. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you have were any of those people someone that you envisioned beforehand that you wanted for the roles, or they just happened to audition for it and they they fit the role specifically, or do you have people that? That you looked for and yeah. asked or approached to do that. Give me Meredith. Get her on here. Right. Yeah. Oh, Mer- uh, Kate's great. Uh, I love I love Kate and Katrina. Uh, they're so talented. Um, so I, I guess I'll walk through the like the I, I'll call it the cameo process for the movie. Like how we you know, Katrina was the first one. Katrina and Quentin were the two first ones that were interested in being in the movie. I met uh, so Jenna Willis who plays Olivia. Is a friend. She's really friends with Katrina Bowden. They used to be an acting class together uh, okay. way back when. Um, and so Jenna's like, I was like, I went to Jenna. I was like, we need, we need, we need celebrities in the movie. Like, we need to, you know, I want, yeah. I want this to be a really good movie, and I want this to be, you know, with recognizable faces. And she was like, well, I'm friends with Katrina Bowden. You know, maybe we can, you know, see if she's interested. And um, I said that would be phenomenal. And we sent her the script and. And we had coffee, and we kind of talked about it. And she's like, "I would, I would love to do this movie." And so, awesome. um, it yeah. took a while. There, that, it, hearing the words "I would love to do this movie" is is one thing, but getting to the finish oh, line yeah. is it, there's a lot of red tape that comes with you know any professional actor, you know, with their representation. Yeah. Um, I think Kate, Kate was the second to last person we cast. Oh. Uh, Max Adler from Glee was was. Oh, yes. One of the last cameos we cast mm-hmm. in the movie. He was like one of the, one of the more last minute um, additions to the cast. But okay. um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a really lengthy process. Uh, Kate and Katrina, um, luckily, both had the same agency, so we're able to kind of condense the time there. Yeah. Just, you know, sending our offers and and um, our deal memos over and uh, counter back and forth with you know one person versus having you know, and then Tim Bagley and Rich really. Both had the same agent, so we, you know, were able to counter and, and send offers uh, with that one person. So and then everyone else is kind of individual, which is so it kind of made it an easier process. But um, it was still like it was a it was a huge learning curve. Like, okay, what does pay or play mean? Like, what is yeah. like what is like you know like you have to learn you know legal things. You know, when you offer somebody something, you know, at a big agency, you have to know like what you know. What certain things mean, or what they expect, or what they, you know, what, 
what their counteroffer means or and stuff like that. Yeah, I was, I was just about to ask, how, how much of this did you know you were getting into before you started? I didn't, I didn't realize we'd have these many cameos in the movie. I think we were kind of looking at Katrina and Quentin, and then we kind of stopped there. And then we went to, then we got Richard Reilly because he was in a commercial uh, campaign for Pepsi with our lead actor, Steve okay. Olson. So we, we went to, you know, to Richard, and then from Richard we went to... Uh, but the, the more names we got attached to the movie, like, the more people were like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, yeah, I'll do it. It was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, how, like, how much easier it was the more people you got in the movie. So then we, you know, we started writing parts. We wrote a part, that's when we wrote the part for Kate to see if she's interested. And then uh, Tim Bagley, we, I made him an offer on the role type. Okay. And I thought there's no, like, there's no way we're going to get Tim Bagley. This guy works all the time. I'm a huge fan of Tim Bagley. And I remember watching him in The King of Queens growing up. I mean, did you ever see him in King of Queens? Um, he played I don't Glenn recall. the neighbor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, yeah, he's like hilarious act. He's in everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I sent the offer to the agent and said, I don't know what the role is. This is, this is what I have in mind. I said, if he's interested in, in the project itself and the script, uh, I can have pages to him like... In, in a day or two so we, huh. we were like writing we wrote three pages <laughs> and uh, sent it over and he loved it and he killed it on the first day of shooting and then we ended up writing him in a second scene at the end of the movie so oh nice um, but it, it's, it was so surreal I can it was <laughs> so an amazing how, how much did the script change from when you started it years ago to where it is now so different uh, at least the, what, what you were shooting for or is it just evolved yeah. over the time? So we, so the first couple drafts were a very comedy-driven mm-hmm. script, um, nothing but comedy. And then the uh, about a month and a half before shooting, we did a page one rewrite to make it a lot more heartfelt. Okay. And then when the script got to the actors, then they did their work and they did their um, um, what do you call, um, their their scene studies. And, you know, they were going through and. Uh, um, you know, requesting changes, and we were you know, tightening things up to fit certain things, and uh, mm-hmm. and then when we, actually, when we actually got to shooting, you know, we were we were striking lines and adding lines and improving, and um, then we got to the edit bay, we were editing, and then we're switching orders, we're we're cutting words, like I mean, you get down to the point where you're cutting lines, you know, just like seconds and frames of a movie, huh. you get down to like shaving like little beats just to. You know, and that doesn't reflect the script. Um, Takes days. So it, it, you know, movies movies made three ways: writing it, you shoot it, and you edit. So um, movies made three times. I guess that's what they say. Right. Yeah. So you were involved in the entire process, though. Yeah, I was with it nearly every day. I mean, pre-production, oh. writing, pre-production, production, post-production. I was with the editors nearly, probably I say about ninety percent of it, and then. Um, um, even with the, even when it was sound mixed, we had a sound mixed in San Jose. I flew up twice to oversee, you know, some areas of that, and then now, then mm. we, you know, it sounds like you didn't sleep. I I, I, I still don't sleep. It's it's, like, it's like crazy. It's a, it's a whole crazy um, sleepless, like one sleepless life. Like you're like it's all you think about. It's like all I can talk about. You know, because I'm so proud. I'm so proud of everybody you know yeah. involved in the movie. And everyone who's who's done us a favor or 
gotten the film where like anybody who had like a sliver of of help in the movie, you know, I'm super grateful for. It. But yeah, that's it's like I you eat, you breathe it, you sleep it. Like you do. I go to bed with my laptop. I'm like like in the middle of typing something and I'll fall asleep and then <laughs> like like I fell asleep to I was uploading 800. We did a poster shoot the other day for the movie for the, the mm-hmm. still. Um, so we had 890. 880 photos, something like that. Wow. We uploaded Dropbox, and uh, I literally fell asleep as that was uploading. So, like, I have a little mini hard drive and my laptop in my bed, plugged in, and my, <laughs> my my power cord was plugged into my laptop. And I woke up and was like, like, still resting on my stomach. It was crazy. Wow! But, like, like you literally, it's like 24/7 process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Well, I have a question then. Uh, so to go back even farther. Yeah. Um, so before pre-Fishbowl California, I went to SAG headquarters to see a screening of a web series you did. What was that called with Pratesh? Oh, uh, Social Status. Yeah. Social Status. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how much of that process informed, so I'm assuming you started the Fishbowl California process after that. Yeah. So, I mean, how much of that really kind of solidified what you wanted to do and get into a feature film rather than a web series? And Yeah, so... That that was a learning experience. Um, as a as a writer, that was my first written um, film. It was my first pilot I wrote. So you know, I learned a lot from the process and a lot from you know the the egos involved and a lot of the you know people I we had to work with. Um, so I mean, I after that, I kind of decided I wanted to do my own thing. And produce things my way um, because mm. you know, as a writer, I, you know, unfortunately had the experience that the, you know, I felt that the pilot was butchered um, okay. from a writing aspect. I, I felt like it could have been directed so much better. Yeah. Um, and we had, you know, unfortunately had some very bad fallouts with the director of, of the pilot, mm. um, you know, professionally and personally. So, um, you know, things happen, but I, I chalked it up as an experience that, you know. No project is ever going to be smooth sailing. You're going to have your, you're going to have your, your moments, and you you argue, you bicker, you fight. It's, it's a, it's a pro, like it's a, it's a process. Like um, there's no such thing as textbook. There, no, like there's no like right way or wrong way of doing something. I would say the only right way is if you end up having a product at the end of the day. Like that's like you made it, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you can't, like, there's no, you can't really do any harm. You know, during the process, you know, if you, at the end of the day you have a product, you know, it's great. You know, I was super grateful that there was an investor that was willing to put money into into the pilot. Um, but I, you know, I kind of wish I directed it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, by kind of, I mean I really wish I directed it. <laughs> so that's it, what it, I was wondering. It probably yeah. would have been it probably would have been sold if I directed it. So yeah. not to be, not to be cocky, I just I had a very clear vision right. in the writing process yeah. and. Um, and, and there was a show that came out after we shot that, which is almost identical to ours. No. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was called Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life. It was a very short okay. series, um, which was funny. That it was like a fifty-something-year-old writer, right, uh-huh. that wrote this pilot about these college-age students navigating their way post-college. And I looked at his IMDb resume. I was like, "Wow, he's got nothing similar, and he hasn't written anything in so many years." And like, suddenly, this one thing came yeah. out, right? Um, <laughs> it got canceled. So I was like, "Well, if you can, if 
I can't have it, he can. I should have directed that one too, right? <laughs> well, I just, you know, ideally, I, I just wish I got to direct the, the yeah. damn thing. I, it's, it sucks mm-hmm. when you, like, you know, it's one thing when you can't direct it, but you trust the person. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you can't direct it and you can't trust the person. So, I, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that, you know, the latter was the issue. Yeah. So, I, I didn't, I still didn't trust the, trust, trust some directing. So, I'm just like, well. We, we tried to do a short, a little mini-series, web-series here, uh, it was, uh, it was RIT memoirs. It was supposed to be like a buddy cop uh, noir, type. noir type of thing. And uh, we wrote it and uh, we kind of directed it. Noir is hard to do. Uh, yeah, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're, we're, as we're writing, we're like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be great. And then we get here and we're doing it. And just as I'm going through the footage afterwards, I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> Maybe because we wrote it, we shouldn't be directing it, or maybe we shouldn't be asking writing so we could direct it. Or because you were saying writers are not the best directors, which they are and they aren't. I think um, like David O. Russell, I think, is a great director, and he also writes his own stuff. So okay, um, uh, we, uh, I don't know why I'm like blanking. We got Sam Esmail. I mean, speaking of Comet and that yeah. Mr. Robot, yeah, writes I mean, he and writes and directs his own, own uh, things. Uh, I think it's not that they're bad at, they would be bad at directing. I think it's sometimes you get in your own head. Yeah. Cuz you you kind of challenge and you second guess certain things that you were already certain of when you wrote the scripts, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um I, that's why I say sometimes writers make good directors and bad directors. It it depends. I mean, there's some writers who nitpick on everything because they're thinking like a writer like, "Oh, no, he didn't say what I, I wrote that. Uh, I wrote that damn line. Yeah. I, wrote, I wrote it this way." But just pause for five seconds, not three seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or you know, you're supposed to say this one word. But sometimes that's that. Sometimes that's why it's great to have someone else direct something that's written because they can find something that you didn't think of when you were in the writer's room, or you yeah. know, you know, the whole time you were writing. So, um, but in this case, you know, I got lucky that these actors were so well trained. Like Tim Bagley came up to me and was like, you know, I think I should try this. And I would just laugh. He's like, does that work? I was like, yeah, that's honestly, that's fucking genius. Do it. <laughs> right. So, um, so, so uh, but it, it's, it's cool kind of learning from those types of people. Okay. So how, how comfortable are you with, with improv, just like on the spot? Like if it does go off script and then they're just, you just like cut, stop, start over, or let it run its course and kind of see what uh, it goes? I don't. I don't like cutting in the middle of a take until I, I'll, I'll cut when we get to the end, unless there's a technical reason why I have to cut mm-hmm. to save time. Like, like I can't hear anything, so I'm, I'm cutting, or or there's static, or there's a plane, then I'll cut. Right. But I, I won't cut when actors improv because it's like you never know. We've gotten some like really good stuff in the movie just because of improv, and I'll just I'll just roll with it until we get to the end of the scene or until the actors fall out of it. Okay. Um, I've been known to let things kind of drag. Until okay. I feel like they really break character, and uh, <laughs> um, I got to the point where like, I think Kath- Catherine, who plays June, was like, uh, I'll "Cut!" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm she'd be I'm like, out. "I'm out." Of like, are you? Out? But but I, I sometimes I sometimes push it to see how far they can go to see, you know to see if we get anything else at the end, okay. or like a good button to a scene, or uh, it would be you know would yeah. be great sometimes and. Um, I know there's a there's a scene in the movie where it wasn't really written, which is kind of improv. It, it was in a hot tub with Jared Cousins, who plays 
Keith and Steve Olson who plays Rodney. And it was kind of, we, we cut it. It was a conversation about Rodney's character and we kind of cut something out of really nothing but ended up being really funny. But Steve laughs because he, he farted in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> and the bubble pops up. And he looks at, Jared stays in character. And Steve goes, excuse me. And then, yeah, but I see, I see what you're saying. And, and then he just loses, like he laughs and, and breaks character. But we kept it in there because it ended up just being so, so funny. But, um, awesome. but when we screened it, and his, 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 his family was like, yeah, we can tell that he, he broke character. That, that's, Steve, that's Steve we know. So, uh, but no, it ended, sometimes, it, sometimes it works out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. So now, are are you you're done with filming, or you just yeah, it's all editing now, or yeah, we're, yeah, we're 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 final cut, we're done. Uh, now we're in the distribution and sales phase. So we just signed our with our sales agents. Uh, we're going to take it to AFM, and then on uh, probably sometime this week or next week, uh, we'll uh, we'll work with uh, you know our attorney and get our distra our. Um, Domestic distribution agreement, you know, negotiated and mm-hmm. uh, you know set a release date and, and figure out what's going on. So then you can get some sleep. I, no, <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, there's nights I have to pop Ambi in just to get to sleep. <laughs> right. Yeah, or you know, yeah. a shot of something. You know, and the next morning you wake up and you already been tired of feel like. <laughs> um, oh, another uh, interesting tidbit. Uh, we brought this up. Um, when we were talking about you coming on, uh, it's the Zach Braff thing. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh, I've yes. heard people speculating that oh. maybe he wanted a role in a movie. Did he get mm, shunned or something? Why would he block you? That makes sense. Yeah, so... He's, he's been blocked by Zach Braff got, on Twitter. It's... it's yeah. So, you know, was, that, was that who was being at the bar before the last minute submission came in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see if I can pull it up. So... See, I don't know if the camera can see it, but he blocked me. Oh. So blocked by Zach Braff. So. Wow. <laughs> that's a badge of honor. That's, that's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> Zach so Braff like blocked you. I, I, I don't know. So in order to block, block somebody, you got to go to this like little thing here. There's, there's a button here. Yeah. Hit block. And then you have to confirm to block somebody. <laughs> hmm. That's three whole buttons right there. There's one. There's three buttons you got to press. That's not an accidental thing. So there's no accidental, no. like, I'm yeah. just not, oops, sorry. No, he, like, I, I think I said something that pissed him off. Uh-huh. Um, he never followed me, but I think I tagged him in something. Okay. Like, this was back when I was looking for funding for the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, I hate when independent filmmakers, independent filmmakers, you know, crowdfund their money on Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you know, for their non-studio movies, <coughs> Zach Braff, and uh, <laughs> raising $3 million or $2 million because Zach Braff doesn't have $2 million in the bank, please. Um, and I, I, I really, like, I, I was going on a, on a ramp, <laughs> rampage <laughs> yeah. about how much I hated the fact that these people can suck money out of the internet yeah. for, you know, to when they have... Studio pockets that they're oh, totally. with such bullshit. So. I remember that Kickstarter. It, for like twenty thousand, he would write you in a scene. Yeah, like <laughs> for a thousand, you would get special thanks in the credits. It was like you're really kind of abusing your that's, fan base. Yeah, that's it's it's not right. And and he would have been nowhere if it weren't for Scrubs. So yeah. uh, <laughs> so I, I I think I thought that was that was kind of uh, bogus. Um, but I don't hate the guy. I was just kind of frustrated. I was like, this, yeah. man, why, why, why can't I get money? I did a Kickstarter. I got like 
two grand. It's like, fucking bullshit. <laughs> and then uh, you get Zach Braff was like two grand every like refresh, two, four, six, eight, and it was like whatever, you know. So I, I, I think I, that's the only reason I think he might have blocked me. Okay. But I didn't. But this was a while ago, and I didn't notice he blocked me until I was like, "Oh, follow Zach Braff." Oh, nope, can't follow Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so if Zach Braff, Zach Braff ever hears this, so. it's yeah. all good, man. <laughs> You're forgiven. Yeah, uh, come back home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time you want to get a bunch of money on uh, the Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you just, it's very simple. You just need to have a uh, a TV show out for yeah. a long period of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes a lot of people laugh, and uh, then you should have all kinds of money. Simple. Just follow, just follow that formula. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it from me first. Yeah, I mean, you can put a residual like like a residuals check would cover his whole production. Like, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just jaded. Yeah, this will be a principal for eight years, then have a failed spinoff, mm-hmm. which you cameo in, right? And then Mr. you can Belly? kickstart. Yeah. Wait, does, does a scrub spinoff? I don't even hear about this. Well, after Garden State, I feel I feel like why would he need to campaign money on Indiegogo? Mm. Like, isn't he established as a director? Did you guys even see the movie campaign for? Like, I haven't. Like, I've never heard of that. Wish, uh, Wish I was here. I think. Wish I was here. Yeah. Wish I was here. Um, I haven't seen it, um, but I, I don't know what happened. If it, I was never big on Scrubs. I never actually. I, I started trying to watch it because everyone told me I need to, but I was just. I don't know. He seems fine, but I don't. I don't care enough to. I was keep up with him. Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, Scrubs is one of my favorite shows. But, yeah, but I mean, I like to consider that it ended at season eight. They had an awesome season finale, series finale. Then they tried to bring it back for Scrubs MD, which was a season nine, but Zach Braff was only in like six episodes or so. But it was a whole new cast with uh, mm. James Franco's brother, David Franco. Oh, and, uh, yeah. And it just wasn't as funny. The chemistry wasn't there. The lighting was different. It just didn't have the same feel. Mm. So, But Scrubs, I thought, was awesome for its absurdist comedy Style, so yeah, I, I'm not sure I feel absurdist comedy I, I, or absurdist anything really. I, I like things to exist in my world, and this is an argument we always have all the time. That uh, you set, set up the rules to the world and live in that world, and then I'm part of it. But if it's too farcical, then I'm just kind of like, ah, this isn't real. I know it's not real. And I, I can't. I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I was mind, more of an Office fan. This is mind you. We were thinking about making a movie where the bad guy was a puppet. <laughs> But we set up the rules early on that it was it was dumb and crazy. Puppet. By the way, there are no rules when you write. You, you have to know that. Like you can do you can do anything you want. Now it comes down to you can write anything you want. There are no rules. But it comes down to the end of the day, the line producer telling you you cannot fucking do this. You can't afford to do this. Or. Or, or the producer saying, "This is not safe. I won't allow you to do this." Yeah. So those are the, those are your two big roadblocks. Okay. <laughs> when you're when you're writing anything you want, but hmm. yeah. So what's next after this? You, another major motion picture? Or? Yeah. Um, so we're we're developing a another dramedy. Um, I'm a big fan of the dramedy. This is going to be more of a drama than than a comedy, but there'll be a lot of comedic elements in it. Um, I hope to shoot that late 2018, if, if we're lucky. Um, after a few nights of sleep. After, yeah, after, <laughs> after, after a few <laughs> nights of sleep. But, um, yeah, we, we started kind of outlining it, but haven't, um, haven't started writing the, the actual script yet. So it'll probably take, you know, several, several months to get to 
we're, we're ready to shoot and cast. And uh, uh, But right now, I'm still kind of focused on Fishable California. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah. we're, we're still like in the early stages of, and we were going to do a lot of marketing campaigns and a lot of, you know, um, viral videos. And, well, try to do viral videos right. and, and, and guerrilla marketing to, <laughs> to get the film where it needs to go. Um, we're, we're, we're submitted to South by Southwest, so mm-hmm. nice. we'll oh, nice. see. Yeah, we'll see. We're really hoping we get in. We didn't get into AFI today, so uh, that was a bummer. Uh, <laughs> that was a bummer. It, it, it looks great. I mean, I, I, I watched the trailer. I, 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 loved it. I showed it to my girlfriend, and she's like, oh, are you watching that? Like, that's, that's not out yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't watch it right now. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Usually, our trainer is like, "Hey, this is what we're going to watch later today," because right? it's something I, I, I got for us to watch. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." And she's like, "Oh, we're watching that now?" I'm like, can't watch it now. It's, it's, you got to wait. You got to wait. Well, appreciate that. I mean, I'll get you guys copies when it's. Oh, it's fantastic! Out. But yeah, we we're releasing it. Uh, I think. Well, we're releasing after South by Southwest in the event that we get in. Uh, but we're looking at like a late March or very early April release, and uh, we uh, like probably do like an iTunes. Um, pre-order like 30 days before and then mm. you know mm-hmm. iTunes VOD SVOD and then it'll it'll probably end on Netflix and Hulu so that's what I was going to ask yeah. if where the vision was to have it released what sort of platform yeah so there's like phases or or like segments it goes and like you you maximize all your I guess you maximize all your like purchases first mm-hmm. right and your in stores and then you go you know from your DVD sales and Blu-ray to to like you know um your iTunes, your iTunes to Amazon, Amazon to Netflix and Hulu, and then and then oh, and then cables in the very beginning. So mm. okay. What, what about VOD? And any of any of that can be happening? The video on demand, where you can like yeah, yeah, download the, it right away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's the first. That's, that's an interesting stage. model to me. It just it's it's uh, you don't have to go to theaters anymore. You just people have theaters in their houses. I don't so want to go to theaters not? with this. I mm. I'm kind of bummed that we aren't gonna. I don't think. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we if we get in South by Southwest, I'm sure we'll probably do a small theatrical run. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's so expensive to put a movie like it's not profitable. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now we're kind of focusing on making a profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's crazy, like you know, the, the to put a movie in theaters, it's you know, like three thousand bucks a print, right? Right. For a DCP, you know, it's like three thousand bucks, and then times it by several theaters. But in order to you know, put a movie in theaters. You know, to be profitable, you have to sell every seat, every show. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's wow. uh, it's, it's it's expensive and it's 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 a risk. It's it's a, but it's you know, people say it's a dying market, but I don't think it'll ever go away. I think people are always yeah. still going to see a movie. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do occasionally for you know, I know like American Maids out with Tom Cruise. I'm going to go see that movie, but it's mm-hmm. not a movie I would ever see at home. I don't think because mm-hmm. it's it's such. Action movie, like yeah, some things are just far too epic to be on like a, a tablet or something. Yeah, you yeah. want it to be all around you with the popcorn that you can't get anywhere else for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they try to sell that stuff so you can buy it at home. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot more saltier. <laughs> yeah. So, how much of this was a shock to you uh, for, uh, getting into the, in the director's chair before you got started at all? To where you are now, how, how much of this was expected versus how much of it caught you off guard? A lot of it, a lot of it caught me off guard. I, you know, there are things like you just as a, it's just, I guess the, the exhaustion was what what caught me off guard. I didn't mm. realize how tired I would be at the end of every day, um, like being the owner of the film, essentially, right. Um, 
like I was so paranoid where I didn't want to leave set until every like every or um, every um, every card was dumped on the hard drives. I didn't want to leave until I knew those hard drives were put somewhere because yeah. I was like, so paranoid about everything. Yes. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I, I was surprised at how tiring it, it can be, you know, and how how taxing on the mind and the body, in, in the body, physically, mentally, that you know you're out there sweating and you're out there, you know, people asking you questions and actors trying to ask you questions and you're trying to think in your head while you're it's 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 a lot mm-hmm. of like pulling I guess I didn't expect to be pulled in so many different directions but um, I learned a lot from the process and, and what I would do differently next time but um, yeah it was it was such an incredible experience I mean so even though you haven't stopped or anything and all these unexpected things it hasn't discouraged you at all from trying to do it some more oh absolutely not I, <laughs> I, I'm ready to direct Director for hire of anyone. All right. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Maybe you can help us with ours. Oh, God. <laughs> I, just, I, wanted to, I wanted to direct something. Well, I, I've already directed something without putting my own money into it. It was a short film, but um, I would love to direct a movie where I didn't put my own money into it because it would probably be a lot less stressful. Um, okay. Um, that makes a lot of financing sense. your own movie is a, it's a, little, it's yeah. a little stressful. Yeah, because now everything is... Oh, watch with that. Careful. I know, you're like playing the line producer. <laughs> you're playing the writer. You're playing the director. You're playing the audience member. Like, oh, it's a lot of hats. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That, that wasn't funny. Let's try that again. Or, oh, no, we don't have time. We've got, I, I'm like, I'm an hour behind, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. End up arguing with yourself. Like, that was funny. It was not funny. Yeah. It was funny. It I was know. expensive. It was cheap. Too yeah. bad. <laughs> no, I know. You're like thinking, you're thinking dollars as you're... Like, you're, you're watching... like. I had to really try to focus on watching, you know, watching the monitor and like thinking like, oh god, I'm hungry. Mm. <laughs> oh, what time is food coming? Food is expensive today. It's like, you know, we had to order like six extra people today. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm thinking like all these, like, but um, oh, cut. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, but like, yeah, your mind is kind of like I would love to direct something, but just be a director mm-hmm. for the, you know for the project. Yeah. And, and consult maybe on, on the writing aspect, but but not have to worry about producing or worrying about SAG contracts or, you know, people coming to me asking me for money to write to sign this check for, to pay this person. Like I would love to direct something and not have to do any of that. Yeah, It'd be great. So yeah. put, put all your effort into your passion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I'll have to do the business. The business sucks. It, it kills. Yeah. Sometimes it kills the magic. You know. Absolutely. I can see that. That's why I only go to Disneyland once a year. I used to go around. I still have a pass. I have a pass. I haven't gone in a while, but it was it got to the point where I was going almost like twice a week. And I was like, oh, <laughs> probably grown man probably not be at Disneyland so often. No, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. It's the churros. It's worth it. Yeah. No, oh, the gumbo man. Six, oh. six bucks. Have you tried the gumbo in New Orleans Square? No. I oh my god. But I finally eventually did. Growing up as a kid, I always wanted to try it, oh, yeah. but I never was able to. So I went about maybe two months, maybe a year ago. Like, I'm getting that goddamn gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> their their caramel corn is really good. Oh, my God. Mm. There's, like, one vendor that has caramel corn. Uh, it's really good, but... Very elusive he is. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a Twitter. You can try to find a caramel corn guy in Disneyland. Yeah, it's, like, one, one vendor. Like, but all the other little stands are all regular popcorn. Mm. But there's, like, the one vendor yeah. that, like, you have to... Hunt them. You have to like wait in this long line. So it makes you appreciate it. <laughs> so the gumbo was worth it. Oh yes, absolutely. Really. Next time I go, well, I always get the uh, California Adventure. I always get uh, uh, 
in Cars Land, they have like the the macaroni in a cone. Oh. Like the, Okay, no, I've, I've heard no. of that. I've, yeah, I've in like a like a bread cone. That's really, that's really good. Mm. It's like probably fifteen thousand calories, but that's fine. <laughs> With all that Whatever. walking, you're gonna burn it off anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, I was watching my watch. I have like a little thing on there. I was like, I hit nine thousand steps today. <laughs> <Right>. Great. <laughs> One of my favorites is the big old turkey leg. Oh, so good. Right. Okay. <laughs> I feel like a king. Uh, so good. Um, no. yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, yeah, Twitter and Instagram is uh, Michael McRae. Yeah, Mike, Michael underscore McRae on Twitter, Instagram, Michael A. McRae on Facebook. And then uh, um, if you want to follow Zach Braff, it's at Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, still block yeah, still block I would love to. Yeah. Can someone like follow him and send me what he tweets about? <laughs> I can't even tweet him. Like, I literally, like, there's not a, even a follow button. I might have been I wonder if I, on. I wonder if he just, like, got really high or drunk and was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy kind of looks like, looks like a... His <laughs> photo, angry. like, look at him. He, he looks angry. This is... This is what I would. Have, like, I don't know if the camera can pick this up, but this is. We'll put, we'll put a picture up. This is what I would imagine his expression was when he blocked me. Yes. Like <laughs> that looks. That's yes. Fucking Michael Matthews. <laughs> Son of a bitch. With Zach Brown. With Zach Brown. There's so many of them. Oh no, on Twitter. Oh, on Twitter. Oh, he oh, didn't oh. block me on Instagram. Oh, I haven't checked. <laughs> Let's see if you blocked him. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't talked smack about him on the gram yet. <laughs> on the gram. On the gram. <laughs> I just don't know which one's him. He yep. only follows 98 people. Oh, that's funny. Mm. So, uh, Fishbowl, California. Look for that coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Fishbowl, California, Facebook, Fishbowl CA on um, t- uh, Twitter and Instagram. So. And you said you're aiming for March release. March, yeah, March or April, yeah. Nice. Right. So yeah, so look out for that. I'm looking forward to seeing Hopefully it. Netflix, Same here. Hopefully Netflix next summer, I think. Cool. If we, if we get in, so. Yeah. Very nice. Well, thanks so much for coming out with us. Thanks, appreciate guys. It. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Best fun. luck to you and uh, your next endeavors. And this, I, yeah, again, I can't wait to see this one. This, cool, man. It looks real good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate All it. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Go to Productions. Uh, that's the website. We have the uh, Instagram, Twitters, all the things. It's all up there. It's also on the screen here by this point, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah. Until next time, I'm Adam. Maestro. Maestro. Hey, Joel Cole here. Now, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>